Hey everybody and welcome to episode number four of The Living Word. This is week two in review. This will probably be a little more of a quick hit style of week in review only because the topics themselves sort of lend themselves to a briefer look. So we begin the week in review with the story of Noah and how man's sin after the days of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel got so bad that God decided he was going to take a mulligan, that is sort of a do-over from the last shot, and makes the decision that the world needs to be cleansed of all of its sin. And one of the points I had made in class earlier in the week was the fact that this sort of sets the stage for almost every apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic movie and, and other media that has been out there, that you have the destruction and you also have the remnant. That is the small band of survivors that are called to carry on life once the disaster is over. So Noah is selected because he is the only righteous man left in the world along with his family. And he is commissioned to build this ark because the chosen method of destruction is indeed flooding. Flooding has the symbolic meaning of washing away, cleansing, a purification So they build this ark. God gave them the dimensions, gave them everything they needed to know about how to do it. But I also wanted to remind everyone that the word ark, while in this particular context means the big boat, has the true definition of being a sacred vessel or a sacred container. You know, the ark in this case would carry the remnants of humanity plus all of the creatures that were put forth on it. Just as the Ark of the Covenant would carry the sacred pieces of the covenant, the other analogy I used was of Mary herself as an Ark carrying the unborn Jesus within her for nine months. What an Ark signifies is what is inside is valuable, sacred, and holy. So the floods come, and it rains for 40 days and nights, 40 also plays into that particular idea of cleansing and purification, washing away. And the number 40 will come up again and again throughout the entirety of Scripture to mean just that. Once the flood ends and Noah and his family and all of the creatures disembark, God makes the first covenant with Noah, vowing that he will never destroy the world again with a flood. And in exchange, Noah and the rest of humanity get to eat meat for the first time, which I regard as a good thing. The rainbow would be the sign of that covenant, and this is something that as we move into what we talked about in episode number three this week about covenant, is that there's always a sign. You know, covenant, usually it's just an agreement between God and man, or a subset of man, but the catch is always that God dictates the terms of the covenant. Now, I go into greater detail in episode three. Make sure you give that a listen if you haven't done so already. The terms and conditions of a covenant are much like in the analogy I used 
in episode three was that of technological devices and software. You know, your options are yes or no. You either accept them or you reject them. And if you reject them, you don't get to have a relationship with the company, you know, whether it's Apple, whether it's PlayStation, whether it is Google, whatever it might be. The individuals who reject the covenant reject the terms of the covenant. The promises contained within do not get to be a part of it. So again, the answer is either yes or no. And if they say yes, it is an all or nothing proposition. If you say yes, you have to accept everything that is involved, including holding up your own part of the bargain. So from the definition of covenant, we get into Abraham. Abraham and God make what is known as the first particular covenant. The idea of particular covenant is this is not a generalized, broad agreement made between God and all of humanity, but rather between God and a specific subset of it. In this case, Abraham and any descendants that he would have moving forward. There are two particular sides to this, obviously. You have God on one side, and you have Abraham on the other, and each promises two things. God promises Abraham that he will have land and descendants, and Abraham, in exchange, promises that he will worship God alone, that is, the practice of monotheism, and he will practice circumcision as a visible and tangible sign of the covenant. One of the things that sets this particular covenant apart from the rest also is how revolutionary it was. Monotheism was not a thing. Circumcision had entirely practical applications at the time. And then you throw in the fact that Abraham was an old man. He was 75 years old. He was wealthy, and he did not have any descendants, did not have any children at that point. But God said, I will make you the father of a great nation if you put your faith in me. And Abraham said, yes, he put his faith in God, and he would go on to become the father of a great nation. It would have been really easy for him to tell God to go away, to stop mocking him for the fact that there was no, there were no descendants, but he did not, and for this reason, we still hold up, even to this day, Abraham as a role model in what it means to believe. So that brings us to the end of this episode of The Living Word, week two in review. Hopefully you found it informative, and of course, if you have any questions, make sure you send me a line, jlatanzi at damatha.org. Be ready for the quiz on Monday or Tuesday. And we will see you next time.